everyone. This is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome to our newest podcast, Striker Talks. Few companies in the medical device industry touch the entire spectrum of healthcare like Striker. From accident scenes to ERs, from ORs to patient rooms, Striker delivers the supplies, tools, and devices used to provide patients with the highest quality of care. In this podcast, we'll talk with the company's leaders to gain a better understanding of how innovation, new technologies, and teamwork will further Striker's mission. Let's go. This is Tom Salemi. Welcome back to the Striker Talks podcast. This is the last episode of 2022. It's been great fun bringing you these Striker stories. We'll be back in 2023 with many more. Our guest today is Andy Pierce. Andy is group president of Striker's med surge and neurotechnology businesses. And uh, in this conversation, we'll talk about how the company really strives to create the products that nurses and hospital staff need and love. He's got a great story in there about uh, how some nurses react to uh, to a Striker product at a uh, at a recent clinical show. So uh, Andy has uh, been at Striker through his entire career. We talked a bit about that and uh, got some advice from him as to uh, how others might pursue a similar path, how they might find the most fulfilling career possible working at a company like Stryker. So uh, I really enjoyed this conversation with Andy. We had a lot of uh, territory to cover, so it's a little longer than most, but uh, I really uh, think you'll enjoy every moment of it. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Resonetics, for stepping up and supporting this episode of Stryker Talks. I'm speaking with Justin Miller. Justin is Director of Market Development at Resonetics. Justin, Please tell our listeners about Resonetics. Resonetics is a leader in advanced engineering, prototyping, product development, and micromanufacturing for the medtech industry. We specialize in helping customers develop innovative medical devices and have the resources and experience to quickly scale into commercial production. We have 14 facilities across the U.S. and internationally, over 2,000 employees, and an in-house equipment group that builds a lot of our own processing machines. We supply the industry with raw material, components, sub-assemblies, and finished devices. Our core capabilities are thin-wall stainless steel tubing, laser processing, centerless grinding, nitinol processing, photochemical machining, microfluidic laminates, sensors, and implantable batteries. That's a great start. We'll hear more from Justin Miller a few times in the podcast, but if you need more information about Resonetics right now, go to its website, resonetics.com. That's R-E-S-O-N-E-T-I-C-S.com. Well, Andy Pierce, welcome to the podcast. Perfect to be here, Tom. Thank you. I want to welcome you back to the podcast because you and I talked about a year ago, you were on our Device Talks Weekly podcast. And uh, as I said before I pushed record, I think that sort of led to the creation of the Striker Talks series. So uh, so thanks for that. But people didn't get a chance to hear your story. So I'm going to, I'm going to include a link to that interview in the description of this podcast. People can go back and hear about your path to MedTech. But one thing I wanted to follow up on, you've been a Striker employee your entire career. And I'm sure you're asked this question a lot from folks. I've worked at a lot of different companies, and there's a lot of different ways to go about finding your next step. What have you found is the best way to evolve your career at Stryker? Well, at Stryker, you may know that we are engaged with the Gallup organization, and we all do Finder, so we know what our top strengths are, and hmm. I'm a learner. So I really enjoy 
learning about our company, about our people, about our customers, about our markets. And for me, it's um, as I think about advancing my career or others the same, it's about how do you continue to learn and grow in your career, which mm-hmm. is very invigorating. And by the way, I think of Stryker as a career playground. We we love talent and we love giving talented people new experiences. But as long as you're learning, as long as you're engaging in the dialogue, as long as you're pushing yourself and those around you and your company to be better, that gets noticed in our company and you'll get tapped on the shoulder. Um, and that's what's happened to me, that tap on the shoulder to do more. Now, that being said, it is a good idea to make your ambitions known. There is a humility gene that runs through striker <laughs> folks. And sometimes that humility gene just says, put your head down and do the right things and your time will come. Well, most of the time that's true, but it is a good idea to share your thoughts with your manager, your human resources department around what might be. Mm-hmm. Don't speed, be great at what you do, understand what great looks like in your role, go out and get it and um, make your ambitions known and and things will will come along okay. But become a master of your universe, that that learner gene. I think that's a, a really strong theme here in, in Striker. And that's not just learning, but how you have ambition and drive to achieve that shows up well for people that want to grow in their career. That's great. No, that's great advice. And I chuckle because I've had that conversation about uh, the humility gene with some younger colleagues. And I was I suffered from that uh, debilitating career trait earlier on, and I learned that you really do need just to tell people where you want to go and, and what you want. So I think that's very, very helpful advice. Yeah, it's not it's not arrogant to no. advocate for yourself. Absolutely for not. Sure. No, yeah. agreed. Excellent. Well, let's talk about where uh, Striker is at. You and I, again, we spoke about a year ago. Uh, I think it was prior to the announcement of the Viscera acquisition and prior to the closing of the acquisition, of course. Uh, I want to sort of understand how this is fitting into Stryker's plans for the business that you're overseeing. And, and that's a good point. Let us let me stop for a moment and just remind me and, and our listeners, what are the businesses that you oversee at Stryker? Sure, you bet. Yeah, I oversee what we call our MedSurge and Neurotechnology Group. I also have direct responsibility for our Asia-Pacific team. MedSurge and Neurotechnology specifically is our instruments division. Think power tools, other products there, of course, but if you just want to think about the flagship, our medical division, where beds and stretchers, defibrillators, the Vocera acquisition resides in our medical division, our neurovascular division for stroke, our endoscopy division for surgical video and sports medicine and other products like our communications portfolio for operating room design and uh, infrastructure. Our craniomaxillofacial business resides uh, in my world as well. And uh, I also have our customer solutions team, uh, which is our, if you just think about it, it's our collaborative contracting organization or collaborative selling team that sits inside of Stryker. I think when we talked last, you said you had six different operating groups and 13 different units within those groups. Is that is that right? It ebbs and flows. Uh, <laughs> and that sounds close for sure. Okay, it's close enough. Great. So let's talk a bit about how you innovate and develop new businesses. With with, I mean, it's a, it's a large segment of the Striker business. Spencer Siles overseeing the rest of the ortho and the robotic surgery part. How are you approaching R and D? First, let's talk about R and D. Then we can talk about BD. How are you approaching R and D across those those many units? 
Well, as you have heard likely many times over, Tom, the striker businesses operate very independently. Uh, now, we're not a holding company. We are very engaged as a, as a le- senior leadership team with our businesses. Mm-hmm. But by and large, our businesses are very entrepreneurial and they're very specialized. They develop deep domain expertise in the markets that they play in and around the customers that they serve. So we let them run. And there is a a beauty to the entrepreneurship that exists inside of our businesses from an innovation perspective. They get to experience all the thrills of success and the anxieties of the challenges that come along with being entrepreneurs in our company, but it does develop a deep commitment and knowledge to what they do. You know, so from, from my perspective, these are very disparate businesses, generally speaking, in MSNT and our group. It is to be engaged, to be an advisor, uh, but to let them run, let them do what they do best every day and serve the customers that they do. And we see some amazing innovation that comes out of our, our teams. We've had tremendous success over many decades in each of our businesses, but we continue to bring products to the market that solve real customer problems. Believe it or not, our customers still continue to have problems that they they need solved and that we uh, we can be a big part of. So we see that all across our businesses today with new products coming to market as we speak. We have what we would call a new product super cycle coming over the next 12 or 18 months. Incredibly high percentage of our future growth over the next 12 or 18 months will come from new products. So we're innovating through all the challenges of the last few years and bringing really attractive solutions to our customers' problems to market. That's great. I'll definitely want to follow up that in a moment. But I'm just curious, as far as the individuality goes for each business, do they operate independently or do they also sort of choose the means to which they want to, to do R&D? Do, do, do they commit different percentages to R&D? Do some have a, perhaps an investment group? I don't know if any of them do, or some don't. Or is there a set striker formula that's applied to each individual business, but they're just allowed to use that same formula differently? We do collaboratively work with our divisions on their annual budgets. That's really kind of broad strokes, top and bottom line. And all throughout the middle and the operating expense, that's where the magic happens for our entrepreneurial business leaders. They do get to decide with some general rules of thumb around percentages of R&D or marketing or sales as a percentage of revenue. But for the most part, they have broad latitude to make the decisions that they believe are the right decisions to infuse their business with growth over time. Interesting. Let's talk a moment about the Global Technology R&D Center in India. How, how does that sort of fit into the, the broader R&D goals? Sure. We, uh, we've had what we call our Striker Global Tech Center in India now for about 15 years. And it's grown from the first year, maybe five or six engineers to today, well over a thousand engineers that we have in India. Those engineers work as part of the development teams with our divisions and business units in Stryker. So they're extensions of the development teams that may sit geographically inside of one of our product divisions. Generally speaking, the teams in India are primarily oriented towards software. Uh, So we do get amazing software competency out of our SGTC colleagues, but they do belong to project teams, new product development teams. 
so they'll work on a new product, a team of 10 or 15 that may be working with our endoscopy division on a next generation camera. They'll work through the whole cycle. So call it 24, 36 months. That mm-hmm. group will work on that. The beauty of India is A, we have incredible access to world-class talent with our SGTC team in engineering particularly. And inside that building, you have all striker representatives, uh, all striker divisions rather represented. Hmm. So the amount of collaboration, information sharing, synergistic effect of the thinking, even the water cooler conversations that create new ideas, innovative ideas that those teams can bring to the back to their divisions is pretty remarkable. Interesting. So we continue to invest in that team. In fact, we overinvest, as you heard, we've grown quite a lot from the early days. And that growth will continue disproportionately from our R&D teams that sit inside of our divisions directly. I want to talk about BD in a moment in Versera, but it feels like a good time to ask about the super cycle, the, the, the products that are coming out. We'll take a quick break from this conversation with Andy Pierce to bring back our sponsor, Resonetics. Once again, I'm speaking with Justin Miller. He's Director of Market Development at Resonetics. Justin, tell me, how does Resonetics help companies in the R&D space? And I'm curious, what have you done? What has your company done to really help development engineers? Resonetics has two different services that are solely focused on supporting development engineers, Lightspeed Lab and Agile Product Development. The Resonetics Lightspeed Lab is a network of engineers and technicians deploying dedicated, state-of-the-art equipment to provide quick-turn prototyping solutions for the medical device industry. We have 10 different Lightspeed Labs that each have focused technology expertise. During the prototyping process, the Lightspeed engineers develop manufacturing processes that can easily scale to high-volume production. This enables our customers to develop and launch products in record time. For customers that need even more support in the development process, we offer complete medical product development services through our Agile product development team. Our engineers will work collaboratively with you to bring new medical solutions to life, from initial design and prototyping to validation and commercial scale-up. Once again, we'll hear from Justin Miller a little later in the podcast. For more information, go to Resonetics.com. I want to talk about BD in a moment in Versera, but it feels like a good time to ask about the super cycle, the, the, the products that are coming out. I don't know what you can or cannot say about what some of the products that will be coming up. Maybe yeah. we could talk first about some products that have been out, come out recently, and maybe then we can get into anything that you can hint toward as to products that are that are expected. Well, we've had, uh, I believe we may have talked about this, Tom, our Procurity bed, our flagship hospital bed. Uh, that launched about a year or so ago and has just met the market with remarkable success uh, you can see that as particularly you look at our publicly disclosed sales figures and we talk about our medical division. Uh, you see the growth now coming out of our medical division, driven in large part completely by the launch of Procurity. They're having a, a great run across their multiple business units, emergency care and Sage as well. But Procurity has been a real jolt of growth for the company. Our customers love the features. They love the wireless nature of the product. And now Procuity is connected with our Vocera platform. Okay. So for informing around the patient and all the activities around caregiving for the patient, the bed can send a direct signal to the to the badge that the nurse might be wearing to, to care for that patient through the Vocera platform. So pretty neat there. That's uh, one of our launches. 
And we continue to have launches like our Surpass Evolve in neurovascular that may have launched you know, a year or so ago, but they these launches make their way around the world, you know, sort of steadily as we enter new markets uh, like Japan or China. Uh, we have our um, Sonopet IQ product from our neurosurgical business sitting inside of instruments for ultrasonic aspiration, primarily for tumor removal in the brain, but has other applications in spine and other uh, areas of it as well, which we've had tremendous success with, huge growth out of our neurosurgical business. So we have really terrific launches that are out there now, and that's just a small sampling that are making a big impact in the market. Neptune, which you may know, or your listeners may know, is our uh, flagship surgical waste management product. And we are launching here shortly a product that's dedicated towards GI. And of course, that is a high fluid volume space. It's also a high volume procedure space. And we think we're going to bring some incredible innovation for our GI customers through that product, not just managing fluid, but also in polyp management. So that we're very excited about as we speak. Tom, we're launching our flagship power tool system, a brand new one called System 9. Its predecessor was System 8. And guess what? Mm-hmm. Its predecessor was System 7. <laughs> so System 9 is, is launching right now, has a number of uh, unique features that elevate the standard of care that that product helps to provide as well. We have a brand new defibrillator that's in the works. We have a new hospital cot that we launched not long ago that's ramping up right now. So uh, we have a lot going on and uh, it's just, this is what we live for at Stryker. We live to see that awe on our customer's face when they use that new product and they say, how did you think of that? Mm-hmm. And how did you pull that off? And that, you know, we were founded by a, a surgeon, Dr. Stryker's imparted in our company, the DNA to be innovators and to, to help raise the standard of care and put that smile on the customer's face. So we see these new products, uh, by the way, we impact over a hundred million patients every year through our products and growing fast. But to know that we are able to be part of that solution to, in their most vulnerable time, help our customers provide better and better care for that patient is what gets us up. It's the, the fuel that powers Striker. That's great. There's there is a lot going on. I remember when we spoke about the the Procuity bed when it was coming out, and I was surprised at the level of it. I wouldn't. I said at the time, and I didn't, I didn't really give hospital beds a lot of thought prior to the. We can talk about the Viscera integration in a moment. That's certainly a great step ahead. But what were the qualities of the Procuity bed early on that made it an advancement over what what already was, and and what did it do that that its predecessors or or what new features did it have that you think is really driving the growth? I'll just share with you in a nutshell a few beautiful things about Procuity. One is it is the lowest height bed available. So okay. the lower you can get the patient to the floor, particularly a patient that's a fall risk, the better. So if they do happen to fall, they fall from a very low height. So the height is very low. It also has, it's what we would call a multi-acuity bed. So you can actually, just through some slight modifications, take the same bed that you purchase for the med surge patient floor. And that bed can also be elevated up to be used on the ICU floor. Okay. We don't necessarily have to buy dedicated ICU beds. So it's multi-acuity in um, its ability. 
So that's terrific. It also has a wireless feature. So the bed does not have to plug in for nurse call, for example, to the wall, which is often forgotten. So the patient's uh, whatever the patient's doing, whether they're moving or falling, and the bed isn't connected in the past having to be plugged in, mm-hmm. the nursing staff might not know that. And with wireless connectivity, it's very easy. Every time that bed comes in and out of the room, it automatically reconnects. So you know you're able to constantly monitor the patient. There's some other features, just the usability of the bed that are very intriguing and interesting for our customers, but that's uh, a few of the key features in a nutshell. Great. Perfect. I do want to, <laughs> a lot to talk about. I want to talk about Viscera in a moment, but Neptune surgical waste system that you spoke of, it's, again, this is an area that I never really have given much thought to, but you clearly see this in, a, in providing this sort of service. What is Neptune going to be able to do that isn't currently being done in ORs? It's pretty cool. So <laughs> I'll, you, I'll give you a couple of examples. First of all, just just in terms of its form factor, yeah, it's smaller. So, so for the GI suite, you don't have as much fluid as you might in sports medicine arthroscopy, for example, where you're just constantly moving uh, saline through the patient. That's not the case as much in, in GI. So it's just a smaller form factor. One of the neat things that we did in creating that smaller form factor is on the top of the Neptune, it's called Neptune S, by the way, okay. we have put a working surface on the top. So if you think about the real estate inside a GI suite or in an operating room, uh, wherever you might be working in the hospital, the real estate is valuable. It's confined. So you want the you want to maximize your workspace. So the top of the Neptune now is a dedicated workspace as well for circulating staff or whomever we may, may want to use it. So that's, that's one aspect. Another is if... Um, You've seen a GI suite, you know that they they work with the lights off. So the Neptune has backlighting inside of it and backlighting specifically in what is the really cool feature, which has basically a double polyp trap. Hmm. So let me give you an example or paint the picture, if you will, of how typically when you're having a, a colonoscopy, the, the goal is to find polyps and identify whether or not eventually, you know, once you run labs on those, if those polyps are cancerous or not. And what they do today with using traditional suction and suction canisters is the fluid is pulled into the suction canister. The polyp goes in with that. And if there are polyps, they actually have to fish out those polyps out of that fluid mm-hmm. And you can imagine the fluid that's created in a GI procedure. Yes. So that's the way it is today. And sometimes you miss them. It's hard to find. So we have essentially what we would call is as close to, as we could say, a fail-safe measure in that we have a double polyp trap built into the manifold of the Neptune. It's at the very top. It's the disposable component that's used Mm -hmm. for each patient that captures the polyps. It's backlit. You can see the polyps inside. It captures oh, wow. the, the remainder of the fluid, runs through screens, and goes into the body of the Neptune, the canister. Mm-hmm. But the polyps are trapped. So you get these cool little traps with your polyps. You know you've got them. It's super easy. And you go from there. But that is a huge leap forward for polyp management, in particular polyp management for our GI customers primarily sure. in colonoscopy. No, and I would have to think that 
at a time when hospitals are, are struggling to, to keep workers and are, are dealing with shortages, that anything that reduces the need to, to sift through those fluids like you talked about and to get it more quickly is going to be beneficial. And you might imagine, Tom, that the experience of using the Neptune-S versus the alternative, which we described, might be yep. more engaging for that staff as well. Yes. I'll enjoy their job <laughs> a little bit more. Yes. And that's a that's a big need for our customers today as well, particularly as our nursing staff is under a lot of stress. Great point. Let's talk a bit about uh, the Bocera, the, the broader integration. We talked about how it fits into Procurity, but if we could back way up, we've talked a bit about the integration on this podcast or previous episodes, but if you could just bring us back to what was the driving force behind the acquisition of Vocera and where is it going to be fitting into Striker going forward, at least the, the businesses that you oversee going forward? I assume it, it's not going to stop at, at Procurity. Uh, no, it's not going to stop. <laughs> In fact, we have about 150 partners that we work with today who have their devices connected through our Vocera platform for alerts based off of those devices. Think about patient monitoring and uh, products like that that exist inside of a patient's room today. We have 150 partners that are running those technologies through our Vocera alert system. And there will be more. There'll be more inside of Striker. We're working with multiple external partners right now to to run their devices through the Vocera platform. But back to where it resides inside the company. So Vocera sits inside of our medical division and in our beds and stretchers business. So they partner right up with our beds business primarily. We call that our acute care business unit. That's where Vocera sits today. So our acute care business unit has three flagships, our stretchers, our hospital beds, and now Vocera. So what was the thinking behind the acquisition of Vocera? So, you know, again, going back to something I said earlier is we have very specialized businesses inside of our company that operate very entrepreneurially. And the benefit of that is the deep domain expertise that our employees get in understanding our customers, their needs, their pain points, and how we can help solve them. And Vocera is a technology that we've been observing through the relationship that we have in our acute care business, primarily on the med surge floor, our customers use for some time. So we built a relationship with the management team at Vocera to track their progress, both on the innovation side, but also in the implementation side and commercially how their success was going. We've tracked that and had that close relationship for some period of time. So why did we finally decide that it was the right time for us to be to be part of that or for Sarah to be part of Striker? It's really because we saw the value in how the Vocera technology helps reduce the cognitive burden of an already stressed out workforce, mm -hmm. particularly on the nursing floor. That was really heightened through COVID, as you will recall. Sure. And how it enhances the coordination of care around the patient. So if you think about how we help make healthcare better at Stryker and that fuel that I talked about around innovation and what excites us, when we see great solutions that are helping our customers to be more enthusiastic about what they do and to provide better care and be more engaged, we take that very seriously. And we like to invent those, but sometimes we like to buy those technologies as well. And that's the point that we reached with Vocera. We reached the point where we believed that the technology was for real. Our customers loved it. Their implementations were substantial enough to have enough insight to say, this matters. This mm -hmm. matters to our customers. It's very sticky. If you look at the 
re-up rate of our contracts, it's approaching 98, 99% annually for customers re-upping wow. around their, their Vocera solution. You know, just a quick analog is our Neptune product. So if you go to the Association of Operating Room Nurses every year, you'll see nurses, that's a big trade show for nurses. You'll see nurses walk up to the striker booth and hug the Neptune. <laughs> they just love it. They love Neptune. And uh, Vocera, although it's a software platform, it does have a small bit of hardware with the badges. Vocera in the nurse's mind, it is analogous to our Neptune. Nurses would, if they could, they would hug it. They just <laughs> love the benefit in care coordination, right alert, sure. right person, right team, right time. And it makes a big difference for how, how care is provided for, for the patient. I, can, I mean, I can only imagine if you're in a, at a hospital where these devices are employed and you have these the, the features that go with them. And then if you work somewhere else where they don't have that anymore, you must feel the absence acutely, not having that connection not having those capabilities anymore. Tom, a little inside baseball here. When we look to engage and execute a, an M&A transaction like we have with Focera, of course, our board has to get behind that as well. And a beautiful thing is we have several board members at Stryker that are also on the care provider side. Mm. And we had one in particular who was a longtime customer of Focera. When we were doing our deal pitch, she was an enthusiastic supporter. Of course, her colleagues uh, got there as well, but she was an enthusiastic supporter from the very start because of her personal experience and her employees' personal experience with the Vocera platform. Good person to have in, in your corner, for sure, when you're pitching a deal. I wanted to ask about personalized medicine. Have you had any, any movement in that space? What, what are you doing there? All right, we'll take a final break from this interview to bring in our sponsor, Resonetics. Again, I'm here with Justin Miller, Director of Market Development. Justin, I know Resonetics has invested heavily in developing new technologies to help the medical technology industry. What new technologies have you added to your capabilities? There are two new capabilities at Resonetics that I'd like to highlight. Implantable medical batteries and microfluidic laminate processing. In April of 2022, we acquired Eagle Pitcher Medical Power. This added the team that's been at the forefront of implantable medical-grade power solutions for over 25 years. We offer both primary cells and rechargeable lithium-ion batteries. For new projects where you want a quick power solution, we have our Contigo product line of off-the-shelf batteries. These batteries have already been tested and approved and can be easily added to your device. We can also develop a custom battery for your specific application. Our microfluidic laminate capabilities are used to manufacture point-of-care diagnostics and lab-on-a-chip devices. Our combined expertise in mechanical die-cutting, roll-to-roll laser processing, automated stacking, lamination, and reagent handling allows us to help you quickly develop and launch new microfluidic products. We use proprietary and custom-built equipment that is highly automated and requires limited tooling. This makes it less expensive to develop than conventional methods, while also reducing the development cycle by up to one to two years. The final thing I want to leave the listeners with is that our team loves challenges and solving complex manufacturing problems. If you have an application that no one else can do, come to us. If the processing technology doesn't exist, we can work with our in-house equipment group and invent it ourselves. That's great, Justin. Thanks again to Resonetics for supporting this episode. If you'd like to find out more information about the company, go to Resonetics.com. I wanted to ask about personalized medicine. Have you had any any movement in that space? What what are you doing there? 
Sure. The, the concept of providing better patient care through matching your anatomy with the technologies that are being used on you is something that certainly is not new, but it is an area that's accelerated within our company. You see that with our blueprint technology and trauma. Spencer probably talked about that through the right medical acquisition. But on our side of the house in MSNT, we have a wonderful patient-specific portfolio in our craniomaxillofacial business. Fast growing. If you think about craniomaxillofacial plates and screws, both in terms of providing better restoration of aesthetics. So if person breaks their jaw or they need a reconstruction in some way that they essentially look the same as they did before. And if they had a deformity, for example, that you can mirror the opposite side of the face and make that person look symmetric, mm -hmm. you have patient specific that's matched up through CT scans and the design fits that patient. The other big benefit of patient specific is that it's much faster so if you think about procedures in craniomaxillofacial business, I'm specifically talking to bending plates, plates that have no, no anatomical bends or very little, bending plates to specifically fit that patient can be very time-consuming in the operating room while that patient is under anesthesia on the mm -hmm. table. So if you can move that procedure faster... It is both a benefit to the patient. It also improves throughput for the hospital to maximize the efficiency and productivity of their operating rooms. So we're very excited about patient-specific. We have some really neat things around preoperative planning in our sports medicine business and other places in our company. And you'll continue to see that digital progression, if you will, inside of Stryker. And of course, it is happening in the industry as well, but we do consider ourselves a leader in that regard. Is this where uh, where some of your 3D printing is done? I know we've we've talked to uh, your leaders there about uh, all that's going on in Strike. You folks are clearly a leader in that space. We do see 3D printing both in our CMF business, but also in some of the other uh, implant franchises that mm -hmm. we've talked about before in our orthopedics world. And 3D printing, as well as as uh, just being faster is also an opportunity for us to reduce cost over time. And you know more than anything is that speed of being able to get that implant off of the machine and have your turnaround time back to the customer after they built that patient-specific implant be, be quicker than it would have been otherwise if you weren't 3D printing. Mm, interesting. Very cool. Of course, cool. The, the amazing, maybe the real amazing thing about 3D printing is just what you can do with it right. to match the contours of the patient, that real, true patient-specific implant. Excellent. Let's uh, hit upon a few uh, few more items. You've been very generous with your time. I know when we talked again a year ago, we talked about your uh, ambulatory surgery center program. What, can you give us a, a bit of an introduction to that and, and any progress to report in that space? Sure. We've been executing a dedicated ambulatory surgery center program for about two and a half years. That's a specific team of both customer-facing employees. We call those folks ASC regional managers. Those are individuals in the field that work directly with that ASC business manager and our sales teams, respectively, to put together the right package for the customer that fits the needs of the customer, both financially and in terms of the equipment that they need. So we have that forward commercial facing team. We also have a back office team 
that not only helps on the marketing side, but we have a financial deal structure team that does all of the work to put together a package for all of Striker. So if you imagine today, if you didn't have a team like that, you'd have, oh, maybe eight or 10 different Striker sales representatives walking into your facility, pitching their respective deal, needing mm-hmm. to cut their respective purchase order. And it can be quite cumbersome for our customers. And it's difficult to coordinate for our sales teams. So with that dedicated ASC team, we can not only show up on the front end with the customers helping to coordinate, but on the back end, as we structure the financial aspects of the deal in a very simple, time-efficient way, where our customer has fewer points of contact with Striker. So if you think about enhancing the customer experience, getting all the great things out of Striker, which is our market-leading, category-leading breadth and depth of portfolio, the amazing service that our professional sales individuals provide every day, and an easy transaction with the company, it's kind of a win all around. And we've been wildly successful with the ASC program today. In fact, I was just talking right before this call, Tom, with our leader of that business. He was informing me that we've tripled the expectations for what we had we uh, for sales in 2022 wow. with that team. It's been a remarkable success for us. And, and I imagine the ASCs are, are seen as, they're, they're growing in number. This is seen as really a growing market for the future for, for all of MedTech companies. So that's where a lot more care is going to be delivered. Sure. We think about ASCs where generally healthy patients will go and sick patients will have their care provided in the hospital. So if you think about a generally healthy individual that needs a new total knee because they have arthritic knee or knees, they're going to go to the ASC. And over the last few years, we've really seen that transition primarily around the total joint, moving from the hospital into the ambulatory environment. That will continue over time. And there's just no better partner. And this is back to that striker humility thing. This is not an arrogant statement. It's just a fact. If you look at the breadth and depth of our portfolio, there's just no better partner. If you're going to build, particularly if you're going to build a total joint program, than striker. And that's really why things have have shown up as well in terms of our performance as they have, as our, our customers recognize that we're making it much easier to do business with us. And the trends are there. They're they're happening. It's better for patients. It's better for the provider and caregiver, better for the payers to have procedures done in the ASC. And um, we're making a pretty good business out of it here at Stryker. That's terrific. You hit upon neurotech a little uh, a little earlier, but uh, any other news to, to report there? I think we referenced it, but didn't get too deep into what's going on in that space. Sure. I, I, Tom, I, I talked about the entrepreneurial nature of our decentralized businesses at Stryker. There is an amazing array of benefits that come from that. One of the things that is not a benefit is sometimes getting outside of your respective business and collaborating Mm -hmm. with your peers. We just talked about collaboration in the ASC and how we're helping that occur through our dedicated ASC team. We are doing the very same thing and we've been for some years now and it's just accelerating in neurotech. So where am I going with this? Well, we've actually built a dedicated team, a small team of neurotech sales professionals that help, like our ASC team, bring our neuro-focused organizations together in front of the customer, hmm. make it easier inside of Striker to, to collaborate and, and work together to 
provide our winning portfolio for customers, but also make it easier for our customer to do business with us. So we have that team in place now. That's a nice innovation. And we also have a dedicated program that is bringing together multiple aspects of our portfolio through multiple elements of our business units. So if you think about products that might be devices provided by our neurosurgical business or our spine business unit and navigation mm. or our endoscopy business for MIS neurosurgery or spine surgery using cameras. Today, those platforms that are inside the operating room, they don't communicate together. They're not interoperable together. Gotcha. And today we have a dedicated team in our neurotech space an R&D team, a marketing team that is working on making that operating room for the neurosurgeon and the spine surgeon seamless voice activation, single touches to bring up all of your preferences on each of those devices. So really making Striker have that portfolio synergistic effect that you would think we would have as a big company with lots to offer on the portfolio side that our decentralized entrepreneurial businesses have prevented us from having that great collaboration in years past that we're now remedying and bringing those solutions to the market. So we have a lot of neat things going on there. Those are almost process or procedural innovations that we have, but needless to say, on the product innovation side, there's really no aspect of our business as a percentage of revenue where we have more R&D dollars going into today. Is that uh, OR that you're speaking of? Uh, you recently announced uh, you have a, an OR of the future, I believe, set up in Flower Mound, Texas. Is that related to this or is really, that something else? Yeah, our communications business, which allows audiovisual communication inside the operating room, outside the operating room, if you're teaching or connecting offsite, that business is also where we have our operating room infrastructure. So when we build out those operating rooms, tables, the equipment booms where equipment uh, resides in the operating room, the lights for the operating room, that's that business. So it's um, both the communications aspect of it, but also the infrastructure. And that is an important element, a key element to our, uh, our project that I'm talking about. We call that project Rise internally. That's our internal project name. Yes, that business is an important part. We've talked a lot today about how you're working to simplify how you engage with the different parties within healthcare. What else are you doing in this space to make it easier for, for companies to become customers of Stryker or to work with Stryker in some capacity? The greatest strength of our company, just structurally and strategically, is this decentralized model that we run that drives all that incredible specialization that allows us to wrap ourselves around our sales teams and our customers very intimate relationships. It's also our greatest opportunity for improvement when we think about how our customers want to contract with Striker and buy from Striker. They do not want 23 separate Strikers coming to them from all angles to contract at the supply chain level. They want fewer points of contact from Striker. So we can be quite challenging, historically quite challenging to do business with. So one of the mitigation, key mitigation efforts that we've undertaken over the last year, and this is really going to be accelerating over the next year, is we've consolidated into a single organization called Customer Solutions, our customer contracting efforts. So our customer contracting efforts will uh, sit inside what will be uh, called our enterprise accounts management team, 
key account managers will work with our big IDN customers, our big GPO customers, maybe those big teaching hospitals to contract with fewer points of contact on behalf of Striker. So those deep relationships that we talk about in the operating room, that specialization that you get from really understanding your, your caregiver and the product portfolio that you serve, we're also going to get on that business customer side, that mm-hmm. administrative side. We'd ha- we've had many pockets of that in the company today, and we're really streamlining that experience, both to develop that expertise, experts serving experts, so that expert business manager working with an expert commercial person from Striker mm-hmm. to build that relationship and simplify the experience. Uh, so that is uh, an important part of our evolution as a company. That is a, a brand new entity that we've created. And uh, we believe that both in terms of unlocking the, the power of our portfolio and being able to consolidate those contracts easier with Striker and just having a better customer experience is on the cusp of being unleashed through that organization. So is that a consolidation of existing forces or is that a new layer that's being layered upon all the groups you have within each business providing those those functions? It's a little bit of both. So okay. as noted, we had specialized teams that have uh, sat in different places all around the company today inside of our businesses. That will continue but they will be now directly connected, meaning they are directly part of the organization that is the larger, as I called it, customer solutions team. So that that will be a hub and spoke model. Mm -hmm. So you have the hub that helps ensure that we have that clinical expertise that sits inside of our divisions, working with our division partners on what their expectations are for pricing, et cetera, working directly with the hub, and allowing us to kind of take the complexity of Striker and simplify that for our customer. So there's a reporting change aspect that is to your question. Uh, and there's also been some new features that have been built around data, data analytics, the back office element of contracting so we can be smarter and be smarter partners for our, our customer. But yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit of a hybrid approach in terms of taking existing assets and building out some new. Excellent. Uh, well, there certainly is a lot going on there, Striker. Really intrigued to hear how you're not only innovating technologically, but also business-wise and, and connecting with the industry. So, Andy Pierce, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on the podcast. My pleasure, Tom. Thank you. Well, that is a wrap. Thanks so much to Andy Pierce for joining us on the Striker Talks podcast. Thanks, of course, to our friends at Resonetics for sponsoring. And thanks to you for joining us in our first season of the Striker Talks podcast. We'll be back in 2023 with many great episodes and stories. Please do subscribe to the Device Talks podcast network so you can get future Striker Talks episodes sent directly to your listening device. Please also share this episode on social media. Tag Striker, tag Device Talks, and tag me. I am Tom Salemi. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter at MedTechTom. be great to follow your conversations. Once again, I'm grateful to be able to bring you these striker stories and look forward to reconnecting with you in the new year. Happy holidays and happy new year to everybody. Mm-hmm.